Yo, I'm tired of this, man. I'm tired of it. Alright, yo, tell me how you feel. Yo, son, check the fly, son. What's up, cousin? What you, how you doing? Yo, baby, check it, man. I got this new podcast idea. For real, man. F*** all this 24 episodes about weird-ass movie man. No doubt, no doubt. My man got it out of state for 15. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Like, f*** all of this podcast You know, like, we gotta move, dog. We gotta move. We gotta migrate. We gotta get the f*** out of Cincinnati. Bounce, man. And start with bigger and better No more motherfucking podcasts about weird-ass Japanese movies. You know what I'm saying? When you waiting. You know what I mean? You know, it's a pot of gold right here. You know, this is it. This is glory. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, the first thing we gotta do, man, you know, with this cream when we get it, because, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta build, because I'm not trying to be just sitting on some motherfucking 200,000 and acting like I'm just a podcaster all my life. I got bigger and better plans, son. You know, you know what I'm saying? We gotta move on, man. And you know, you know I be f***ing with anybody, man, son. So as long as the love and trust is there, we gonna grow, God. We gonna grow. You know what I'm saying? We gonna grow like a plant. Let's not think like we gonna be stagnating, man. Let's keep moving ahead, man. Keep our head up, man. Take care of our families, man. And let's build a new mutual aberration society, man. I'm back, um, back from Texas, back in the nasty natty. Um, <laughs> that is such a dumb name for uh, a city, uh, a nickname, the nasty natty. Um, yeah, um, but I'm back, uh, back from Texas, and I'm back to talk about um, another strange um, movie that I've watched. Uh, um, <clears throat> this movie is actually, uh, called Extraneous Matter, um, and it's directed by, uh, uh, Kenichi Ugana, Ugana, is that how you say it? Ugana? Um, sounds right, sounds right, uh, Kenichi Ugana. Um, now, this movie, um, in a way feels like a sister movie. Uh, to a previous uh, MAS episode uh, movie that I talked with uh, Peter Dragovich about. Um, And I believe the name of that movie was... uh, Let me look. Actually, I can look it up right now. Um, As I speak, let's pull it up. Let's... Uh, Jamie, pull that up. Jamie, pull that up. Um, actually, I just looked through my actual uh, episodes list here. Um, I want to say The Untamed, right? Is that is that what it was called? Um, I'm pretty positive that it's called The Untamed. Um, in fact, I'm 100% sure it's The Untamed. But yes, episode 22, The Untamed. Um, 
this kind of felt in a lot of ways almost like a when I started to watch it I almost thought wait a minute is this is this sort of like me doing like a basically the same movie <laughs> only uh this time it's a uh, Japanese version um and in a way it kind of starts out that way um now what's interesting uh about uh extraneous matter is that it presents itself as this sort of uh for lack of a better uh, description, uh, as a tentacle fetish film, um, a Pinku Iga style tentacle fetish film. But as you watch it, there's some immediate differences from that kind of thing or those kind of movies that are present. And as the movie continues, it only further uh, separates itself from movies uh, of that kind of... uh, nature <laughs> uh because for one it's shot in this you know black and white style um uh it's it's clear that uh ugana is uh influenced by like a lot of american filmmakers uh one of them being uh jeremouche uh coffee and cigarettes i can tell that uh he was definitely uh cribbing a little bit from that uh with extraneous matter extraneous matter definitely has coffee and cigarette vibes to it it's i think it's even separated by uh four four different chapters uh but before i get into all that uh why don't i go ahead and do the obligatory uh reading of the letterbox synopsis for extraneous matter okay so here we go extraneous matter uh 2021 directed by uh kenichi uh ugana um complete edition um and that's that's it before I read this, let me just say, uh, Complete Edition is an important uh, thing to mention because Extraneous Matter existed in a different version before the before this uh, longer version. Now, this f- longer version is still uh, clocking in around 60 minutes. So, again, another one of those MAS specials, one of these movies that's uh, an hour or a sub an hour. I like to, for some reason, something about you know, shorter films are just, I love them. They're like, they're, they, I just know, Oh, I can digest this very fastly. And it's longer. It's a little bit longer than a short, short film. But, uh, yeah, extraneous matter existed as like a 20 minute short before, I guess, uh, he put out, uh, um, Ugana put out the complete edition, which is, like I said, it's around an hour. I think it might be like 61 minutes, uh, is the actual runtime. I believe. Um, but yeah, here's the letterbox synopsis for Extraneous Matter Complete Edition. Uh, one day, a strange thing comes to her who was suffering from being sexless with her boyfriend. Okay, now, that's up there with like some of the more poorly written synopsis that I've read uh, on this uh, podcast. I'm going to chalk this up again to sort of lost in translation because this is a Japanese film and I'm assuming that the person who wrote this, it might even have been the director himself who wrote this uh, synopsis, you know, just sort of gave this sort of Google Translate version of what he was saying. One day, a strange thing comes to her who is suffering from being sexless with her boyfriend. Like, again, it like loses the subject of the sentence. It's like a strange thing comes to her 
who is suffering from being sexless with her boyfriend. If that's not how you would say that, you know, um, a strange thing comes to a woman who's suffering from being sexless with her boyfriend would be a little bit more of a coherent English sentence. But again, I'm not trying to dwell on it. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, my Japanese is 10 times worse. Uh, in fact, I know it is because I don't know any Japanese. Um, I can say konnichiwa and uh, origatomas, and that's pretty much the bounds of my uh, my uh, fluency, which is zero. <laughs> uh, I definitely need to uh, to strengthen my Japanese uh, game for the future because I do plan on visiting for sure. Um, I do enough damn podcasts about movies from from Japan that I uh, I feel like it's only right, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, Extraneous Matter is uh, basically a movie about, uh, it's a movie about loneliness, really, Um, but it presents itself as this sort of kind of quasi-invasion movie at the same time, where, and even not an invasion in a typical way either, Uh, I think we're first introduced to a woman, um, and she's... She has an interesting kind of job, and I'm not quite certain what the job is because it consists of her in a room uh, with a bunch of women um, on laptops. And they're, from what I could gather, are, I don't know if they're scamming men or if they're just getting men to pay them to chat with them and get them to send money. I don't, I don't know. I couldn't really quite make out like what the deal was with, with this woman and her job. Uh, but, uh, we see her interacting with these women at this job. Again, this movie shot in black and white, the whole thing. Um, and then at a certain point we see her back home and she makes dinner for her and her, her boyfriend and they eat next to each other, and then the boyfriend immediately gets up when he's finished, says thank you, and then rushes out the house, uh, leaving the woman by herself, uh, at which point um, she notices something um, in the other room. She goes into the room, opens the closet, and in the closet sits this uh, octopus-like alien creature, um, and again, now this alien creature is very uh, lo-fi um, in terms of how it looks, or what. Well, you can tell like this movie isn't. Uh, this movie doesn't have a large budget. It's very clear that it doesn't. But again, it does the most uh, with sort of its meager kind of. Uh, budget if 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 any whatever budget it I don't I'm not quite certain I did not look into uh how much actual money uh um Ugana had to make this movie but it's safe to assume it wasn't a lot uh so yeah like you see this sort of really crude looking octopus alien thing and it reaches out to the woman with its tentacles and then it immediately starts to slide one tentacle up her skirt and disappearing into her, uh, yeah, you fill in the blank. <laughs> the, it, it, the octopus begins to uh, 
sexually satisfy the woman. Again, tentacle fetish, you know, in typical tentacle fetish fashion. Um, I will say this. Uh, I don't understand what attracts people or what people get off on by seeing women um, being sort of violated by octopuses in J in Japan. Uh, it's a famous, a well-known uh, painting. Um, and that I think even I listened to a, an interview before, before doing this episode with the director with uh, Ugana and he did mention specifically that painting, um, that well-known painting uh, where a woman is being basically raped by an octopus. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of that. Like, what is the name of that painting? Uh, Japanese painting woman octopus. Here it goes. Boom. Japanese painting woman octopus. Okay. The Dream of the Fisherman's Wife is the name of the painting. Also known as Girl Diver and Octopi Diver and Two Octopi. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let's see. Um, more or less, you know, um, like apparently this is a, uh, it's a well-known painting. I think it, I think, I think it was, uh, from like the Edo period. Um, I'm not quite sure if, uh says it was is that it was the 1800s the Edo period I'm not quite sure <laughs> I guess I could google that it was created in 1814 let's see here okay when was the Edo period when was Edo period okay 1603 through 1867 okay so I was right so that does fall within the bounds of the Edo period. Okay, so yes, this is very uh, old painting, again created in the eighteen hundreds, um, early eighteen hundreds, uh, where this show it depicts this woman being, you know, again sexually assaulted at the very least uh, by an octopus, and there's a whole entire genre or subgenre or ever whatever you want to call it uh, of fetish uh, film. I mean, I guess, I guess it all kind of falls under, uh, the larger umbrella of, uh, bondage. Uh, so I guess maybe that's some of the appeal, but for, for whatever reason, these movies exist. I still don't understand why. Um, I do think that if you jack off to this, you should be sent to a gulag, uh, <laughs> full stop. Uh, no, nah, um, but yeah, the movie starts out with this woman being pleasured by this alien creature, um, and then she wakes up the next morning, uh, the morning after, and you kind of feel like uh, she's kind of processing what just happened. She's not quite sure if it was a dream, you get the sense, or whatever. She goes back about her day. She's back at her weird job where the women are probably catfishing or scamming men on laptops. Again, I'm not quite sure what that job is. Uh... All of the girls are talking amongst themselves. She's sort of in her own world as usual. Uh, but then she notices that one of her employees, again, I'm assuming this is the job, notices something in the back room, gets up, walks into the back room. That perks her interest. She gets up, walks in and sees, oh, she's opened the closet and the octopus alien thing is getting uh, freaky. Um, for lack of a better word, with the girl in the same way that she uh, was receiving uh, this sort of 
tentacle pleasure. <laughs> um, again, like, and at this point, you're probably thinking, oh, this is what this is. And I can't, I can't quite stress how, like, um, while they show these scenes, and there's multiple scenes in the beginning of this sort of uh, octopus Cthulhu-like creature uh, pleasuring the humans that it interacts with, um, I don't think this is sexy in in any way so i don't get how people are turned on even when uh the girl's completely nude i'm just kind of like okay like people like because again i just and i think it's i don't i don't know if um this was actually a I don't think it was actually a pinku uh ego film because the director made this as a short first and then sort of strung together um multiple other kind of short um, narratives that are all related to sort of this invasion again of these sort of alien octopi kind of creatures or beings. Um, so I don't actually think it's an official Pinku Iga movie, um, even though it does feel like the Pinku Iga ET, um, which kind of sounds kind of kind of tight. In, in 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 the in a bad but tight at the same time that kind of exists in that special spot that special mas spot uh <laughs> which is why i'm doing an episode on it uh but yeah so that happens she see and we're kind of you know i don't i'm not gonna let me not speak for for in in the general we kind of way when because you know, who knows what the audience i can't speak for every audience member who watches this movie i can only speak for me and the and the sort of who is the uh quintessential MAS viewer. So, um, you know, I feel like, uh, I feel like that's just, that's just the way I kind of like think about the stuff that I talk about on this show, uh, is that kind of like, you know, um, I'm doing this because I'm always trying to speak about movies that I feel like I would love to discover, and I I literally am discovering them um, most times. A lot of times these are first time watches. Sometimes they're not, uh, but but I'm, I'm always trying to talk about movies that I feel like if I didn't know about this movie at all, uh, if someone told me about it, I would be like, oh shit, I need to find that. I need to find that. I need to sit down and watch that right now. Um, and yeah, I'm also of the belief that like uh, whoever this podcast. Uh, I'm making it for whoever it's for. If if you find it, it's it's for those who want to find it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not big on sort of like trying to figure out uh, how to grow it and, and all of that. Like, not really. Um, if that happens, that's wonderful. Uh, but I'm really big on this, this sort of like more, um, you can call it Zen. Zen approach uh, to, to all things in general. I'm trying to get my Zen on, but you know, in, in, in with MAS, uh, specifically, I'm more like, yo, this is for those who find it, you know, um, much like the stuff that I talk about on the podcast. It's all about sort of like people sort of finding their way to this. This is kind of like, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, a speakeasy, uh, in audio form, you know, <laughs> you know, that sounds pretentious as fuck. Uh, but yeah, back to, uh, our, our tentacle, uh, 
or pseudo tentacle porn. Because uh, again, once we get a few of these scenes in with these, again, again, these very crude, clearly kind of uh, cheaply made alien octopus creature things, uh, basically wrapping their tentacles around naked Japanese people. Um, and I say people, it's mostly women, but and it, it does, there's a dude. Um, that's pretty much the first the first part of the movie is 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 about this woman who's who's sexually um, unsatisfied because she tries again after having the experience with the with the alien. Um, she tries again. She's back home after her you know work day with her boyfriend again, and they're eating dinner she made. And then she tries to pull him into the room, and he pulls away from her, and he's like, "No, I gotta go." And leaves her there alone. So then she has to find herself. She she finds herself going back. Back into the room. Opening the closet. And again. This time she's. I think. She's. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure she's like fully nude. And then the creature. Again gets its tentacle. I don't know. It's It puts its. You know. Again. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again. I don't know how the. I just. I don't know if the creature's getting off on getting the human off. But the creature kind of is. Interestingly enough, when I say this is like a, a an invasion movie, um, let me just preface that by saying like uh, these alien octopus creatures are never menacing or threatening. Um, they don't. They kind of look like they might be a little bit, just in the sort of like the way, that black and white photography, the way like they're they look kind of black. I can't tell what their actual color is because again, it's shot in black and white. I don't know if it's actually black or just a dark color, but they kind of look, you know, again, very, very like rubbery, like, and just some shit that you would see in a Tsukamoto movie. You know what I mean? Like the way the, ten- like, I don't know, like it, the, 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 the way that the, 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 the tentacles look and the way that the creature looks almost like it's made from, I don't know, some trash bag. Uh, it just has a very like trash, black trash bag kind of look to it. Um, but yeah, these, these things are never actually outside of the like weird look that they have. That's kind of like, oh shit, what is this weird thing doing in my closet with this weird kind of, it has a mouth, but like not really, doesn't really have eyes and it, it's, what is this thing? Like besides the initial sort of probably, uh, interaction that someone would have one of these things they're never actually doing things other than being like really nice to the humans and by like you know making them making them come and shit like um <laughs> but more than that though they actually uh do other things they um interact with people in in different ways as the movie progresses but um ultimately uh this first part of this the first chapter of the movie kind of resolves itself or not doesn't really resolve itself it just kind of ends and we come back to it at the very end it circles back almost like a wraparound um kind of story but i don't think it is actually a wraparound really um but um the girl gets rejected one night again by her boyfriend right and then then immediately she goes into the room flicks the light on and her boyfriend's actually there and the tentacles uh she sees the tentacles from the creature in his pants 
I mean, basically, he's getting a hand job from a alien octopus. So then it becomes this thing where she gets undressed, and then they're both sort of getting having a three way. Yes, they're having a three way with an octopus alien. Uh, yeah, and I think that's the way the first chapter ends. Um, and then there's a second chapter um, where a girl uh, we or I think we're introduced to a woman, a, a bartender. She working. She's working at a bar. Um, I believe the bar's name. Um, if I recall this correctly, I believe the bar's name is something like, uh, uh, vandalism or something. I believe it's, it has some, it has some name like that vandalism or whatever. Um, it's like one of those kind of bars you walk down into like a subway, you know, one of these kind of like, uh, I don't know, basement kind of style, kind of hole in the wall, Japanese bars. And it's a young woman who works there, and she makes the comment to herself that this is just, just I can't, I don't want to be here today. But more or less, like this is going to be one of the most boringest evenings ever. And then we see another young woman sitting by herself, smoking um, a cigarette. And then a guy walks in, um, carrying a giant bag. He sits down at the table with the woman who's sitting by herself, smoking a cigarette. They know each other. Uh, she asks him where he's been. Um, Ultimately, the conversation is very short and uh, before he sort of says that he found something um, and she he opens the bag and then what he found was one of these octopus alien things, which at the first we think maybe this is only one, even though it's like clearly couldn't be. Um, and this is what I mean by it starts to expand with each sort of chapter. Uh, he explains like, you know, like, I don't know what it is, but like, it's, I think it's, it doesn't hurt anybody. The tentacles come out and he tells the tentacles like, Hey, I think they like go for his crotch. He says, don't touch, don't touch that. Don't do that. And the tentacles back off. So, you know, these alien octopuses are clearly like, they may be handsy, but they are definitely aware of consent. And they're like, okay, well, I guess if you don't want this, I'll leave you, I'll leave you alone. Uh, yeah, so shout out, shout out to them, shout out to these people, <laughs> these, these people, these alien octopuses, um, no, um, but then they, he starts, like, feeding the octopus, uh, he orders, first he orders a coffee, but then he orders, like, some sort of, like, milkshake of some kind, it looks kind of good, looks pretty good, um, and he starts feeding it to the octopus, he's like, look, watch, it likes this, and then the octopus is, like, he, he's putting it in the octopus's mouth, and it's, like, happy, and it's, like, tentacles are, like, and the and then the the waitress is like coming over and she's looking at like what the fuck is this thing? I mean, which you would, right? You would definitely do that. You would. It's very strange. So um, and then she decides to walk outside. I guess she's like gonna close up the bar at some point. And I don't know if this is like a time cut or not. Um, but it seems to be because she's like walks up outside to smoke a cigarette and she's like taking signs down that say like more or less that the bar's open. And then she sees everyone's staring at something and she looks and then there's a massive uh alien octopus on top of a building um and this one is like the size of a kaiju so everyone's looking and it's just looking down at people and you're like holy shit like what the fuck uh and that's the end of that <laughs> that chapter then there's like a brief kind of like uh chapter which i believe that the chapter is called like propagate propagating or propagation or something like that you know it's very pretentious again like some coffee and syrup coffee and cigarette shit uh where we see like uh 
Propagation is not even the right. No, no, I don't think so. I think that's the chapter after this chapter. This chapter is like uh, something about like living amongst humans. And I forget the name of the title. Maybe the title is like cohabitating or cohabitating or something like that, where you just see these octopus aliens just out now in public everywhere. Like they're just like laying, sitting, like laying in the sh on the sidewalk, and people are just walking by them. Then they show people in the movie theater, and their octopus is sitting in the movie theater chairs. And then, you know, there's, they're just hanging on walls. Basically, they're just everywhere. Like these things have come now, and now they're just part of. Uh, you know, society, so to speak, like people are interacting with them and, and are just kind of like, okay, like this is happening. Then it goes to that, the next chapter. And again, that's, it's a very brief when that, when they show like, oh, the octopus are now everywhere all over Japan. Um, then the propag the propagation chapter is like, it's at a, some sort of, uh, what, what looks to be a kind of like junkyard, or some sort of facility, uh, an industrial-style facility, where we see a guy take uh, these bag. Well, he has a heavy sack, and he like, sets the sack down, and he starts taking out these uh, alien octopuses that are dead and putting them on his conveyor to like basically be crushed, right? And he's just doing them over and over again. And then like he grabs... I don't know. He's like a four, like the third or fourth time he goes into the bag, he grabs grabs an alien octopus, and it, its mouth is moving, and it's still alive. And then this guy has a change of heart, and then there's one of I guess a coworker of his comes in, and he's like, "Yo, like, what are you doing?" Or, or, or I don't even I don't even. Uh, if there's two coworkers. There's a woman, and then there's a man. There's an older man that's a little bit older than the guy because the guy's kind of young. Um, and the older, the older coworker man is a, a clearly a significantly older gentleman. Uh, and, uh, and then the girl looks to me more like a secretary type, just the way she sort of like, like she's still, she's like in a skirt, long skirt, kind of looks very like I work in the office kind of deal. And this, they, they notice like that, like he's like not killing this thing. He's like, it's still alive. And then he says he can talk to it because every time it says something, he gives an answer for what it's saying. It's so he, I think he says, if like, it says, I want to live. I don't want to die. The guy basically gets a change of heart and he wants, he runs away with, with the thing. Um, um, and he has like an interaction with the older coworker where, you know, uh, he, he says he wants to save it, you know, um, and the coworker is sort of kind of talking to him, like more or less from the standpoint of like, you know, you can't do that. It's illegal. Like, because, it's illegal to keep these, they have to be killed. So, you know, basically, you know, now that these alien octopus things have become part of like Japanese society, the government has decided, yo, we need to get rid of these things. We need to kill all of them. And this job that this, this guy is working at is at the facility where they crush these things. And I think he even says like that, the thing says it doesn't want to be crushed. And, uh, it's smoking. At one point, it's funny too, because like there's a moment where like he's the guy's trying to figure out what he should do because he doesn't want to kill this alien octopus. He's having second thoughts. He thinks it's not right, and I think they're smoking cigarettes. And um, 
it cuts to a sh an image of the uh, an image. <laughs> it cuts to a c an, uh, <laughs> it cuts to an image. I mean, technically, it is an image. Um, it's a moving image. That's cinema. No, it, it cuts to a moment where uh, we see the alien octopus sitting, looking out at the position like he's like it's looking out the window, even though it has no eyes. And it has like bandages around its the top of what I what I assume is its head, and a bandage around one of its tentacles. And it's smoking a cigarette, putting a cigarette to its mouth, and looking like off. And again, it's a very comedic moment. It's very surreal. And smoking a cigarette, uh, the guy is alarmed for some reason, of which I'm not remembering why. But he runs back out to see the alien octopus, and he sees that the the woman, like I said, the woman who I, I think is like a secretary or some sort of office managerial type. She's sitting there and uh, the, he hears a sound of like a siren and he's like alerted. He's like, oh shit. Um, the octopus even makes a noise and he says, the octopus says, oh shit, because the old man runs in too. Um, and the, they ask the woman like, what did you, did you, did you call? She's like, yeah, I called. She like, she, she informed the authorities. And he's like, why, why would you do that? She's like, because it's illegal. Um, so she she snitched more or less that like yo the, we got a live one here, um, so the guy and the the younger guy and the older guy like the guy for the younger guy takes the, the the alien and runs away, and the older guy follows him and then they run through the forest um, trying to sort of save this octopus character thing, <laughs> this octopus character no this octopus alien, um, and uh, they get to a a, a like a an ed, it's an edge it's not a cliff necessarily but it's like a dip in the woods down into like a uh i don't know like it's a little drop off right and it's like it's not too far down but like you could see down it's like oh it's a few, you know it's a, it's a, it's a decent sort of like drop off in the woods and down at the bottom of this uh, uh wooded area is a whole bunch of these alien octopuses and you're like, what? What's going on? Like, did they like all like flee here because they're being killed? And they just sort of stumbled across these people, or were they drawn to it because of the octopus? We don't know. Um, and then the octopus again, clearly referencing um, ET, because octopus reaches one of its tentacles out, and it starts to glow on the tip like the ET finger. And the old man even takes his finger and touches it, like like just like Elliot did in ET. And that is definitely a reference. And I forgot to mention another reference. Uh, in the second chapter at the bar, when I said the guy brings a bag and he has one of the octopus aliens in the bag, uh, he's wearing a bowling t-shirt with Lebowski on it, um, written on it. So like, again, a, a literal reference to the big Lebowski. Uh, so, so, you know, clearly, um, Ugana is referencing all of these American movies. And I did, like I said, I did listen to a translated interview with him. I think he was for like uh, this movie. Where he, he took it to one of the festival pin dance. Um, and he did mention a lot of like American films that he was sort of referencing for this, uh, for this, for, for his movie. Um, so these, these, these are not like, Oh, like, no, no, no. He did this on purpose. So yeah. So the alien, does the little glowy thing and then he asks uh the guy well actually that doesn't even, he doesn't even ask him yet does the little glowy thing right then the alien actually starts to glow um at its head and sort of other parts of its body and then we then they look and they see all of the other 
alien octopuses who have gathered in the forest all start to glow and shine brightly, and then they all instantaneously vanish. Like the the one he's holding vanishes; they're all gone. Um, and and when they're all gone, the old man asks the young man, like, "What did he say?" And then he says, "Like, I don't I don't know. Like, I was just lying. I did I could never understand what they were saying." Um, and that's like the end of that chapter. Um, and and it, again, like at this point, you're like, okay, what where the where the hell is this going? Like, you know what I mean? It's like we've been. It, you think it's gonna be this like really lurid kind of like fetish movie, but but at this point, you're like, oh, like this this is not that at all. Um, and then it kind of culminates in an interesting way uh, where we see our the woman who who has the sexless relationship with her boyfriend again. Um, I guess the aliens at this point have all disappeared after this chapter. Like that, that instantaneous dis disappearing thing. I guess it happened all over. Um, the ones that were still around, the ones that they weren't crushing. Um, um, and and so the girl goes into a bar by herself, and she's sort of like reminiscing. She, she's lonely. She's lonely. She's looking for a connection. Her boyfriend, maybe her boyfriend split. I don't know. Because we 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 see her literally go to the closet um, at. I think um, after the bar um, and open it and sort of stare at it empty because there's no alien there anymore. Um, but uh, I kind of jumped ahead because, which I probably should have, you know, again, I do this. I don't have a script here. I just, I'm just, you know, it's, you know, roll with me people. Um, but yeah, she's at a bar. She's by herself. Uh, then she notices a, a woman come in, a pretty woman come in and sit at a table uh, or sit at a bar, sit at the bar, you know, down from her and order a drink. And she looks over first. I think there's like a, uh, uh, you know, sort of the next position style news broadcast playing on the TV screen that she's looking at. That's mentioning about the aliens being gone and where they went. Um, who knows, uh, why did, why were they here? Um, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but then she looks over at uh, her, not her, like, well, she looks over at the woman um, who, who who came in. And uh, when she looks at her, the woman becomes the alien octopus. Like, and she's like, whoa, she's, she stares again. And it's like, yes. But then it, and then it f turns back into the woman. Like, you know, just a hard cut. Like, you know, it's like one cut, it's the alien octopus, and it hard cut back, and it's the woman again. And then the woman looks at her and smiles, and then she gets up and leaves. And then she follows the woman out. And as she's, like, going down the steps outside the bar, she calls to her. The woman stops at the bottom of the steps and looks up at her and uh, reaches a hand up. And then it does this interesting, very, you know, uh, lo-fi kind of effect where there's a pillar between the two women, like the woman at the bottom and the woman and, you know, our main character, I guess if you want to call her that, uh, at the top of the steps, separated by this pole, this, this you know, um, this dividing, divider pole. And she reaches her arm out and it disappears, you know, once she reaches out fully. And then we see a tentacle appear uh from the from the other side of the pole to reach it reach out and touch the woman's face again a very very lo-fi technique um but it works and it's part of the movie's charm um and you get you get you discover like oh she she's like this is the alien like the alien has somehow um taken uh 
the form of a human or this, they have the ability to disguise themselves to somehow. And I guess there's this sort of like touching moment between them where the alien kind of basically tells her, you know, you know, it was good to see you or something like that. And you get, it's very warm, like, and then the alien's gone. And that's when we get the scene of the woman going back to the house and looking at the uh, closet and it's empty. Um, and then it sort of closes on this scene of the city from above. Uh, and I think that's like, you, you, can, you can hear sort of, um, I think it was a news broadcast or something, to, again, mentioning where the aliens went or what were their purpose, some, something to that effect. Um, and it just kind of ends on this kind of poignant moment of highlighting that this movie is really more, it's, it's, it's really more about loneliness, as I said. Um, you could tell that this, again, this movie is 2021. I think it first, the, the short film version of it, the 20 minute version, I think was doing festivals in 2020. So you have to think, uh, yeah, this is definitely a commentary on some of, uh, some of the isolation that we felt during the pandemic, for sure. Uh, it's definitely weird. Um, I mean, which I think that's uh, very easy to surmise based on listening to me describe this movie. Uh, but that being said, um, I recommend it. Also, let me recommend another thing. Um, the director has a 15-minute short called Visitors which definitely has some strong uh, Evil Dead vibes to it, Evil Dead 2 vibes to it. Uh, and it's it's on Alter, um, and it's very dope. Uh, it's worth checking out. Um, I know that I didn't know much about this filmmaker uh, until uh, coming across this movie, uh, but uh, Kenichi uh, Ugana is definitely uh, a filmmaker to watch. He hasn't even been... Uh, making movies that long but in the short amount of time that he's been making movies he's put out a decent amount of shorts and a few feature length movies um i think uh i want to i want to say feature length uh i'm not quite sure i think he has this movie let me pull it up here uh ganguro gals riot from 2016 i believe this is a feature length movie um i could be wrong uh, let's see how long this is in the runtime. Um, is this a feature? Is this a feature? Is this a feature? Huh. One hour and 15 minutes that qualifies. And then he has another one called, uh, Wild Virgins, which again, definitely seems to be a feature length as well. Um, Let's see what the runtime is for a while. You know what? I have Letterbox. Why don't I just check Letterbox? Because sometimes Letterbox doesn't tell you the runtimes. You know what I mean? Uh, sometimes. Uh, looks like he's got that feature as well, uh, even though for some reason I can't see the runtime. Um, and another movie uh, I think uh, that I found actually, uh, you can rent it called Rolling Marbles. Um, again. Filmmaker to watch, uh, uh, definitely a, um, after this, after this, I'm definitely intrigued after listening to him, you know, and it's, it's a short interview. You can, you can see it on YouTube, something like 40, 44 minutes. Um, um, it was just interesting to sort of kind of get a sense of, of, a 
Ungawa's uh, influences. I mean, I get, obviously, uh, I don't know if that's coming through, but you can hear um, someone. I'm in my garage, and you can hear um, footsteps above me, which, you know, um, maybe that maybe that makes this, uh, like, maybe it makes it kind of a, a spooky, a spooky, uh, what is that? What is that in the background? It's the creaking creaking footsteps no it's not it's uh it's not it's not that serious literally just my 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 uh my my janky ass uh non uh air of uh, air <laughs> non soundproofed uh garage um like literally you can hear air um probably blowing from outside um so yeah uh, i don't have a real studio um but you know um it's punk that I'm literally recording this in my garage, right? I like to think that. Maybe that's a coping mechanism. But yeah, uh, I feel like I've rambled enough. I feel like I'm going off on my uh, my uh, my tangents as uh, as I as I do. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's a good point to uh, in this episode. Uh, I will say uh, this movie. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. Um, if it was, I would have posted a link to it. Uh, this is one of those ones that it's out there. Um, maybe I'll tell you how to get a copy. Or, or you know what? If you're a patron, um, I will definitely hook you up with the copy in the Patreon. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link. Um, but definitely go watch his short Visitors, which I feel like Visitors has... Uh, it's a little bit... It's more ambitious, even though it's a short um, it's shot in color, um, even though that doesn't mean anything. Like... It's funny how that like, oh, it's shot in color. Is that supposed to be more ambitious, right? No, it's not. It's not more ambitious because it's in color. We're in 2023. Relax. Like, um, it's more ambitious because it, I think it has like clearly has just more, more of a budget effects wise, everything wise. So, um, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, and check out, uh, and just remember the name, um, Kenichi Ungana, because, uh, I think, uh, He's definitely a filmmaker to watch. Definitely uh, making MAS material. Uh, but yeah, as always, um, I do not know uh, how to end podcast. So it's over. See you next episode. Sooner than you think. I'm out.
せない消すに消えない忘れられない月に月に月ぬ女の恨みいぶし夢よ未練と笑われて冷めて見せますまた冷めきれぬ女女女の心の恨みいぶし Love me. 